Welcome to See Here Love. I'm your host, Melinda, and we have a very special international show for you today. For the very first time, See Here Love is going all around the world to hear voices of women from the Philippines, from South Korea, from Italy to the United States of America, and right back here into Canada to hear the voices of women living in these countries who are going to be sharing their personal experiences about what they have been learning through the COVID-19 pandemic. This is exciting for me as a host, exciting for See Here Love, and I'm thrilled to have these incredible women with me. So I'm going to start off right now introducing them right from Manila, Philippines. I have Earl Beja Paolo. She's a speaker, a teacher, a counselor, founder of a women's forum, which I can't wait to hear more about, co-founder and speaker of Lead Out Coaching Consulting, two decades in the media entertainment industry as a TV news reporter, as an investigative journalist, broadcast journalist, a producer. Earl, do I go on? Yes, alongside her husband yeah, no. <laughs> 11 years. She is growing her corporate and women leadership ministry in evangelism, apologetics, and spiritual formation, and a devoted homeschooler to three young children. Welcome, Earl. Mabuhay from Manila, Philippines. Hi, Melinda. Thanks for having me. So great that you are with us. It's from the Philippines. I know we have lots of uh, Filipinos here in Canada, and they're going to love to hear from you, Earl. So welcome. Next up, we have Giovanna Bonomo Blesha, who is a Canadian writer living between Italy and Canada. But she told me that right now uh, she is living in the stiletto heel of Italy. Um, <laughs> love that. <laughs> I want to live in the stiletto heel of Canada because that'd be so perfect <laughs> for me. But that's amazing. Uh, she is the wife of Italian singer-songwriter Tony Blesha and mother to Noelle and Christopher. And from CEOs, journalists, Academy Award winners, tech founders, and evangelists, Giovanna has worked with some of the world's leading influencers for various publications and panels. Welcome, Giovanna. Buongiorno a tutti e buonasera a tutti dall'Italia. Great to be here. <laughs> she could have said anything. I have no idea what she said, but... It sounds beautiful. Giovanna, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Next up, Maylin Freeman, just outside of Seoul in South Korea, living there with her husband and three beautiful kids. Uh, Maylin is of Indian and Chinese uh, descent and is a true third culture adult. I love that, Maylin. Uh, she grew up with a sense of adventure, which became foundational in her life. And get this, her first overseas experience was in Madagascar, working in a leper colony as a microbiologist and opened a school to teach English to doctors. Now fast forward, and she is now in the world of international education and loving it, especially just outside of Seoul in South Korea. Welcome, Maylin. Anyahaseyo from just outside Seoul, South Korea. <laughs> Happy to be here. Great to have you, Maylin. Thank you so much. And it looks like nighttime there. Is it late? Because it's really early here in Canada, but it looks late there. It is. It's, I think we're maybe 13 hours ahead, so about 9.53 p.m. All right, so we won't keep you too long on this call. Like, we don't want to keep you till midnight, but it might go that way, because I can sense <laughs> that there's a lot of great things happening already. All right, and Vanessa Alvarez in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Vanessa, welcome. Living there with her husband, Rick, you have a son, uh, you have a son, a young adult son, and you're raising your 12-year-old niece. Wow. Yeah. You're a diehard Texan, 
uh, native, born in San Antonio and lived in Laredo, Texas. At 14, became pregnant and married your son's father your senior year of high school, which led to teen pregnancy speaker. Uh, you were a host of a radio program, Keeping It Real, a worship leader, bridge builder, world traveler, and loves to encourage others in their walk with Christ. Vanessa, welcome. Hola, buenos dias. Ah, some Spanish. And then for me, thank you. Welcome. And I guess for me in Canada, bonjour. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so welcome, everybody. What an amazing group of women from all across the world, all across the different time zones, and excited to have you here on the show. Well, the first question I have, well, it's actually more of a show and tell. I want to get to know you just a little bit about your city and why you love living there. So I'll kick it off with... I brought something very Canadian. The first one, wearing a red dress, red Canada, the connection, I hope. A little mug with plaid. I got to say this, every hipster in Canada, maybe in the world, wears, has to have a plaid shirt and black skinny jeans. So this is sort of representing all the <laughs> hipsters out there. It's got like a deer head, very Canadian. And then, of course, our famous maple syrup, which is half, half... <laughs> Half eaten, <laughs> drunk, whatever you do with maple syrup, but maple syrup is something very Canadiana, very sort of outdoorsy, that kind of like plaid feel cottage. So that's what I brought, uh, just sort of a sense of Canada. Giovanna, what did you bring representing the stiletto heel of Italy? We're going to go right into it? You know, right into it. Show and tell. Okay. So this is something very unique. And one of the reasons why I love Italy so much is obviously because of the food. And so I, what else can I bring you other than food? But it's not pasta. It is these little wonders. And these are treasures of Puglia. They are of the muskmelon family, but they're not sweet. And they're, they look like a little tiny melon, but um, they taste like cucumbers. And they're also called melone immaturo, which translates to immature melon. So this little immature melon is the perfect treat after our dinner because we tend to eat really late, so it's not a good idea to have dessert afterwards. And this is what it looks like on the inside. Oh, and they're delicious. It's yeah. so nice. Amazing. And it's really unique to Puglia, where we are. So you can't get it. I don't think you can get any in any other part of Italy. So that's mine. What do you love about living there and the culture? The architecture, the history. I'm just really drawn to the old world. And as a writer, I need to be inspired by my environment. So I love pulling um, the new when I'm in Canada and the old when I'm here. And I, I just love the simplicity of life. I love um, slow pace. That's why I'm not in the north of Italy. I just love to just take life in one day at a time and just appreciating the small things like the barattiere. <laughs> These things. Amazing. That's great, Giovanna. I, I love Italy. Uh, Chris and I went two years ago we did a whole two weeks from the north all the way down into Positano and Almafi and it's it was magical and wonderful we want to go back we love love Italy so glad you're here Nathan, what did you bring? What did I bring so I brought a plate of shells can you see that oh yeah oh yeah well <laughs> for Korea but these shells they represent the many different beaches that we've been to in South Korea um, South Korea is a peninsula, which means it's mostly surrounded by water on the east, west, and south sides. And there's mountains to the north and the east, but the beaches where um, we head to, they're about, there's a beach about 30 minutes from us. And for me, the beaches is what I love about Korea. They're 
Um, every single coastline looks very different, but it just brings rest and solidarity and um, so a sense of peace and restoration um, for me. And so, yeah, those, those are the places that I love in Korea. Beautiful. You know, I never knew that there were beaches. In, I mean, I don't think South Korean, I think beaches. You know <laughs> no. what I mean? So I love <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Thanks, Maylin. All right, Vanessa, what did you bring from Michigan? Yeah. So I'm that kid in the classroom that always said, teacher, I have two things. Can I show two things? <laughs> so I guess two little things. Okay, so coffee. These are coffee beans. This is the, the state of Michigan. Okay. So I, we have great coffee shops, and I just became a coffee drinker. So I'm happy about that. Oh, hey, one about, yeah, one unique thing about our city is two things here. This is, um, these are tulips. And in Holland, Michigan, um, which I lived there for, for several years too, which is about 15 minutes away, we have a tulip festival. And people from all over the world come and see the yeah. tulips. And actually, tulip time should be happening right now. But because of COVID, it, it got canceled. But this is tulips. And then um, this is a friend that created this. And we have the, one of the biggest um, art competitions in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So this reminds me of Art Prize. So this is everything exciting. <laughs> Amazing. That's beautiful. Yes. So thank you. And I like that that you brought two things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that too. Amazing. I didn't know that. I didn't know about tulips and I didn't really know about all the coffee shops in Michigan. Oh, yes. Amazing. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. It's fun. Thanks, Vanessa. Oh. Okay, Earl, what did you oh, bring, Vanilla? Wow. I brought two things, but pretty much the same <laughs> The same, same thing, two of the same thing. Since the Philippines is the pearl of the Orient Sea, so I, I cannot not show the pearls, <laughs> right? Every lady wants a pearl. Uh, I didn't bring my South Sea pearl. And, but this is what you call the freshwater pearl. And this one also is like, look at that. It's like freshly crusted and they wear it. It just doesn't fit my outfit, so I'm not wearing it. And I've actually dived, I mean, scuba dive, and saw how these are planted in an irritant, harvested. And, yes. you know, so I actually am in Manila, Philippines, at the, at the heartbeat of the metropolis, but I'm from down south. So this is also a reminder of my childhood of, you know, beaches in Mindanao and just... I miss that life, but here, I'm in Manila because that's where the action is, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so there, I have two different things, but it's the same thing, the pearls. Yes. That's beautiful. I love that. So you've got fruit, you've got shells, you've got coffee, you've art, you've got pearls, you've got a hipster mug, <laughs> all representing you know, a little bit about, you know, what we love or what represents as we live in these, you know, cities all over the world. And it's amazing because as we are like, nodding our heads you could be in a different part of the world but we all kind of like connect with those same things different places in the world but still connecting in those places where we're saying we love this because it brings us joy peace beauty uh connection around the table all of these things which women no matter where you're at connect in these ways so it's beautiful beautiful well as we are in a really interesting, if I can say, time, that when we were coming from 2019 into 2020, nobody really had a clue that this was going to happen to this magnitude, COVID-19, the coronavirus, and what would our lives look like in this time. Nobody would have dreamed this. So I, I, 
I want to get your thoughts. Um, I think for our viewers and listeners, they'd be fascinated because you're in these different countries, your personal experience about COVID-19. And what I want to hear from you is how it impacted you um, as a mom, woman with your kids and family, your mental health, work, marriage. I know it's a quick snapshot, but I want to just hear from places around the world of how COVID-19 has impacted you personally. So May, May Lynn, let's start with you and just hear what that looked like in South Korea as you were experiencing that. Yeah. All right. So COVID-19 for us um, as international educators has meant that schools have been shut down since the end of February. Um, this time has actually provided us with the opportunity to spend time with my mother-in-law, who is actually terminally ill um, with cancer. And so we were able to fly back to Canada at the beginning of March, um, which is when things just started up in Canada. And then until the until full lockdown happened in Canada, then we flew back. Um, work continues in distance learning and we've had to increase our skill set to support students, teachers and families um, to learn online. But the great thing is up until now, the last three days, there have been no new cases in South Korea. But um, we never actually went into a full lockdown in Korea. Schools, churches, and cinemas, like big gathering places, were shut down. But everything else was kept open. We were told, you know, to social distance and wear masks. However, we never experienced full lockdown like um, you have in Canada. Um, and I think it's mostly because of the way Korea was already prepared um, and had systems in place to support um, something like this happening. Um, for example, there was one case found in the mall just down the street and the mall was shut down immediately. Our school was shut down immediately. Um, and the person was tracked down because in Korea, in Korea there's cameras everywhere. And so um, if you came into contact with that person, then you were contacted and tested um, immediately. And um, the mall people, um, Healthcare went in and disinfected the entire mall. Our school was disinfected, and then our school reopened after a week, and um, the mall opened after two days. And then, um, and then, of course, the big spread of COVID happened. But um, I think because of the systems that are in place, and because we get um, notifications on where. Um, people are being contacted with COVID. We're just told not to go to those places. And so yeah. there's just a sense of safety and freedom that I think a lot of other countries are not experiencing. Like we still are able to go out, go to the mall, um, and our life is pretty normal. It's just the big impact is that we can't go to school. So we're right. working from home. And how has that, Maylin, been? It's just working with home and family and how have you been? Um, it's pretty stressful, um, especially the time that we were in Canada. We were there for a month and three, three weeks of that. Um, we would go and visit my mother-in-law in the hospice during the day. And then we were at home at night doing school from about 5 p.m. to 2.30 a.m. just because of the time difference. Um, and, of course, my husband's still there. He, he stayed as we came back, and so I've been – this is our sixth week going into being um, a single mom. So uh, I have huge respect from <laughs> moms out there because it's not fun. <laughs> Love my children to death, but it's, um, it's not easy to be living and working and 
doing school all in the same household. Um, mm-hmm. We've got, you know, all of us on our devices all day long in different meetings and trying to manage school and parent and cook and clean and all of that all day long is, um, it's tiring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thanks, Maylin. I know it's like taking just a breath to say, wow. And I think for a lot of women, Maylin, out there, they totally get it. It's stressful. You're now mom, teacher, both parents, everything. And emotionally, it's, it's a toll. So we'll mm-hmm. keep praying for you. And I think you're right. I think for all the single parents out there, huge respect. And we need to keep reminding ourselves to reach out, do what we can to help them, you know, because it must be extremely, extremely hard. Hey, it's Chris, friend of See, Here Love with Melinda. Sorry to interrupt this conversation, but I just had to let you know that the only way that See, Here Love gets to produce fun and authentic conversations like this one is through your financial donations. So go to seeherelove.com and click on the big donate button. Thanks for your support. Let's get back to the show. So thank you for sharing. Really appreciate yeah. that. Vanessa, for you, um, your own personal experience during this pandemic. Yes. So um, pretty similar to Maylin, um, school shut down completely um, in March. And so my daughter was very excited about that. And I was sort of excited to be sent home from work as well. Um, they all they said that we are allowed to work um, from home. So I was grateful for that at first. And now it's it's uh, we're, we're getting over it now. We're over it now. We can we're, we're ready to go and be with people. Um, my husband uh, got laid off and that was a little scary for us. Um, just adjusting everybody being home. Um, not only do I have my family here but I have a dog and three cats and they're looking at us like, why don't you ever leave? (laughs) (laughs) So they're always with us, but, um, it's, it's been, it's been interesting. Uh, Grand Rapids or Michigan, really the state of Michigan here in the U S um, is, was one of the top three hearted, hard spots getting hit by COVID. Um, which was the East side of the state. I'm on the West side of the state. So it was, uh, the numbers were quite less, but hearing two and a half, three hours away, people are literally dying every single day. And we are on the opposite of the state. And we're like, oh my gosh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming you know? And, and that's been the fear that everybody has been living in. Uh, we're in complete shutdown. Pretty much the only things that are open are um, the grocery stores, uh, gas mm-hmm. stations, and um, takeout restaurant takeout. That's the only thing that we have um, going on here. But that's been that's been the hardest thing is just adjusting to everybody being home twenty four seven and doing life on the screen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this is all done, Vanessa. I'm bringing you all and flying you all down here. We can be all together on. <laughs> you know, real life, but next best yes. thing, I suppose, I'm missing but the I guess. Hug. Yes. Yeah, I'm missing, we're missing the hugs. I'm a hugger. Yeah, I know. The physical touch, Vanessa, that's a good point, has been one of the biggest things for people. You know, um, Chris's mom, we had to kind of like do social distancing from her as she's, you know, a little older. And she said, you know, I miss just hugging my grandkids and you guys. 
Mm-hmm. And that was a little heartbreaking at one point because you're like, yeah. No. I, I have to I have to mention one thing too during this COVID. Oh, this has just been really crazy uh, personally for me. Uh, yesterday we buried my grandpa, and so that was very um, that was very awkward. And ooh, everybody wearing their masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't really hug people. It was awkward. Um, And then at the same time, I have something joyful to celebrate. I have a granddaughter that's coming in a few weeks. And it's exciting, but yet it's scary because of the world that she's going to be entering. So that's my reality. It's just, um, and my grandpa did not die of COVID. He died of a heart attack. Um, But it was just you wanted to embrace everybody. You just wanted to be with everybody. And even um, when we were at the um, at the cemetery, everybody got off the car, you know, normal thing, get off the car so you can go to the site. And right away, the director's like, no, everybody stay in their car. Nobody get out. And we're like, what? You can watch from your car. And I'm, I'm, we're just so far away. And so even that restriction, it just felt, it was yeah. just hard. It's really hard. Thanks for sharing, Vanessa. And we'll keep praying for you and your family as you sort of journey through this. It's this, it's life, right? All in like in one, in one moment, it's like death and life at the same time and, and managing that. And in within COVID, it's not like the normal way of engaging and grieving in the way that we, we know. It's, it's a way we have to navigate and figure out. It's really hard, but thank you yeah. so much for sharing. Appreciate that. Giovanna, your experience. Oh, well, you know, Italy was is the epicenter of all of this, right? Um, so we arrived on March 7th. And um, before arriving, I just didn't think it was a big deal. I thought it was the flu. And I was advocating, okay, guys, it's just the flu. So many people die of the flu, let it go. And so I was really minimizing it. Um, and I was also terrified because this is something that God had told us, uh, it's time to go. And that decision wasn't easy because it would require me leaving a job that I love um, to go into this whole new experience. But I really didn't want to hear anything about COVID when it was still coronavirus, just coronavirus. Don't talk to me about it. Everything is fine. It's just the flu. And I really was trying to convince myself that it wasn't that big of a deal. But when we arrived in air, at the airport in Bari, uh, we were greeted uh, by police officers who held temperature guns to our heads. The kids were scared, everyone in masks. And um, the, two days later, the uh, Italian government imposed uh, warlike draconian restrictions on movement in the entire country, complete lockdown. So not, uh, no mobility whatsoever. So we're talking about um, every store being closed. Even now, even though they're easing up, um, I can't buy uh, clothes for adults. So only um, the sections for children's clothing is open. And if they have um, something for adults, you're not allowed to buy it, which I don't understand, but the restrictions are are, are really crazy. Um, So I haven't been out of the house in 60 days, neither of my kids. Um, And... uh, it's really hard to put into words. I was really touched, Vanessa, when you're uh, about the funeral because this is a really uh, soft, spo- uh, soft spot uh, here because so- there have been so many deaths that 
they've had to postpone funerals. Uh, they've had to uh, incinerate bodies because they don't know where to put them. And, um, and it's just been dramatic. It's really traumatic and dramatic for also for the kids because they left their friends and they left their family in Canada and they find themselves in a world which is, you know, is still strange for them because they prefer the new world and being in this old world, but even more being stuck in a house, not even able to see their grandparents, which is brutal because uh, Melinda, you mentioned the not touching, but for Italians, that's really a big deal. So this non toccare, don't touch, is not um, so easy for Italians to accept because that's just part of the way we communicate. And so especially for my in-laws and not being able to not only not see but not touch their grandchildren after not seeing them for so long, it's, it's been hard all the way around. So dealing with, um, you know, dealing with guilt. At first I felt guilty because I thought, why did we come here? I put my kids in danger because this still wasn't a problem in Canada. So I was battling that and I thought I was the worst mother in the world, even though I knew that I was following God in this decision, but I just felt terrible and the kids were not making it easier and my husband was really stressed. And, uh, and then, you know, it turned out that this was a pandemic. This is something for the first time the whole world can relate to the same issues. So as bad as all of this is, um, I can see God's hand in uniting us at this time because this is the first time in our history we can actually relate to each other in a really deep way. And so it's tragic, but there is a blessing in all of this. So at least I want to believe that. Yeah, Giovanna, thank you. Great courage. Great courage for you. And um, I appreciate that, like making the hard decisions and then decisions you're not quite sure those were the right decisions. I think a lot of, you know, women get that, the guilt feeling and just the struggle of being inside for so long. You know, it's hard emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of those things. It's hard. So thank you for opening that up so that other women can relate to that going, yes, I'm not alone. I feel that same same way so thank you there's no structure there's no structure and i'm not going to lie about that and i am not imposing that on the kids either in terms of having a schedule or homework um because it's transition is already hard enough and we're aware of that so what we've done is we've we've kind of looked at ourselves and what we bring to the table in terms of our talents and now uh, we, we are a very creative family, so we're creating music for kids and animations. My daughter loves to animate, and this way they're feeling a sense of worth, and they're doing something that they love, and hopefully at the end of this, they'll have something tangible to show uh, once it's all over. So that's the learning that we're imposing on our kids, more of a creative journey than a scholastic one. Yeah, amazing. Giovanna, thank you so much. So now we head to Manila, Earl, uh, your personal experience with COVID-19. Yeah, I'm kind of like, oh, Italy, yes, <laughs> America, everybody's watching. Yeah, for the Philippines, life changed, actually, as we speak. It's, we are on the 61st day of quarantine. School was the first to shut off, and then after that, we're in extended quarantine. So right now, we actually don't know if it's going to be extended again for the next two, two weeks or even go to June, but of course, everybody's hurt. It has altered our life dramatically, you know, like, like 
Italy and other parts of the country. We, we, we're happy people. We love to gather. We, we enjoy gathering, talking over coffee, meeting with women. And yes, business loss. I can't do seminars. All uh, events are canceled. You know, I have three children. And in our condominium alone, there is a rule that one, uh, one child is to one parent. So I, before, I could bring everybody and just, okay, have fun, get, get your exercise. Now I can't do that. I have to constantly bring one after another. So it's, it's tiring, right? And you're trying to do your work. In terms of being in the house, it was an easy transition at first because I'm a homeschool mom. But I told my husband, we better get our acts together and your issues clear because it's either we hate each other or we will thrive during because we are in each other's space, right? So I, we gathered everybody like, you have to learn how to deal with each other because we live in a condominium unit and yes, we have a, a we can't swim. Everything's closed, right? And even in the elevator, there's only four people in the elevator. So those things really... I would say the prolonged quarantine is really impacting. I can see the children, and then there are di different levels. One is nine, turning 10, one is five. They don't understand why they can't touch their friends, why they can't talk. And all of a sudden, they're very social people. They love having conversations. And no, they can't do that. You can see your family members. So in that, in that aspect alone, um, it has brought a lot of um, anxiety to most people I know, especially and even to us, and that's why it's like, that's why my husband and I, like, we better get our acts together, get better, or we will really be devastated from this because mm -hmm. we, we can't control it. And we don't know. We're always at like, when is it going to open? When is it going to ease out, right? But you know, we're not there yet. So that's just pretty much for me. No business, no work, but we're trying to figure out this way too. But yeah, we miss that time when we can really just gather. And there's a lot of women actually losing jobs. And yeah. They're just left the issue now. And we have efforts to do re relief operations, but there's a lot of frontliners in our country that are getting more sick, mentally ill, and in terms, I mean, I would say challenge how to deal with all these things that's happening. Yeah, so. Wow. That's where we are. Yeah. I, you know what? I actually, when you were saying that, I was like, yeah, because, you know, for ourselves and thank you, Oral. I mean, the anxiety part, you know, Chris, my husband, I have had to figure out how to work together. It, it has worked, but, you know, I always joke, you know, an extrovert, an introvert, and he liked his time when I was always out in the week because uh, mm -hmm. I'd always be out two or three nights a week. So his introvertedness could come out and I wouldn't be in the house. Now we're in the house all the time together. And I'm like, let's hang out every day. You know, and he's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's pace. <laughs> it's like, we need to save our marriage. So we've had to work at really working at yes. how to live and work together. I mean, thankfully, I mean, we're both in the not-for-profit sector. And so at one point, when this all started, we didn't know what was going to happen with our jobs. And we're so thankful that we both have our jobs uh, and we're both working. And so, you know, but we've seen a lot of friends who've had, who have lost their jobs and or have had to lay off their staff, which has been really hard. Yeah. I think, you know, in Canada, you know, currently right now, you know, the only things that are open are, you know, the grocery stores and essential services, but everything is like takeout or you have to buy online. So there's no stores that are open, you know, everything's closed. And, and the reality is, you know, concerts, conferences, any gatherings are, 
not going to happen for at least, you know, they're saying 12, 18 months. So you know, the work in which I do, like you're thinking, you know, coming into a studio, having live events, conferences, that is not happening. And so that's been a bit of a, you know, I think what, what people have said is that we're going through a grief and trauma process yeah. because you're dealing with a lot of loss. So things yes. that you used to were normal and every day, you're not doing that. And when you're projecting ahead for like the fall, which is what we do now as we look into sort of like a new fiscal year and, and how to plan and budget, we don't even know how to do that because we don't even know what's going to be happening. So that's been really hard for someone like me who's sort of a, a control freak who's like, I need to know exactly what's happening so I can plan accordingly. Um, we haven't been able to, to do that. So yeah, I, I honestly, all of you, the you know, anxiety, the stress of family within the home, marriage, lack of touch, uh, really hard. But, you know, I've, I've been encouraged because as I've heard, you know, friends who are psychologists or psychotherapists and counselors, they said, you know, we're going through this sort of roller coaster of emotions and you can't resist it. You've got to go with it, sit in the feeling, take it in. And then one day at a time, do your best one day at a time. And I love that because over and over people said, don't plan ahead, just plan for your day. You know, yeah. maybe even your hour, maybe even your minute, get out of bed, <laughs> go, okay, I'm alive today. And what can I do today, you know, for my kids, for myself and self-care. And I think that's yeah. really important as we, you know, as we sort of share what's been happening, that we're all feeling that same emotion. We're not alone in this, that mm -hmm. women all over the world are, are struggling and feeling the same thing. And I think that's in a way encouraging so that we don't continue to feel the guilt that we're the worst moms or the worst you know, person, because we're not doing things, you know, perfectly that we're all, like they say, in this together. So thank you so much for sharing. I just want to transition to something fun because I'm always fascinated as we're going through this. What is something during the self-isolation that you were in or are in that you did, a food you made, an activity that you're doing to really help you, you know, um, during this time that gives you comfort, joy, what has it been? Vanessa, let's start with you because I'm always fascinated with what we're doing in self-isolation. Yeah. Um, one fun thing that I've been doing is um, I, love, I love people. Um, I'm an extrovert too, but in a weird, in a weird way, I've actually been enjoying the, this isolation. It's made me think and really center myself. And so one thing that I've always loved to do is to meet people. Like this right here is just like, Oh, I want to just go deeper with everybody. I want to go visit you. Um, come, come. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that I've been doing is I actually um, started this thing called What's Up with Vanessa and started interviewing people from all over the world and just and ask, you know, what, what are you doing? What are you up to? And um, people say that about me all the time. What's up with Vanessa? I'm always traveling. I'm always experiencing new things, trying out new foods having the latest fashion and so that's why I decided to call it what's up with Vanessa so they can yeah so they can stay in touch. yeah so that's one thing learning how to do the video stuff and just learning how yeah. to interview and I'm um, learning how to listen even better um has been something I've been really tuning into so that's been fun that's amazing yeah. that's great that's awesome Maylin what about you um 
I also love being with people. And even though we're, we have the freedom to go out and meet with other people, we're also encouraged to stay home and self-isolate. And so we've been cooking a lot as a family. I do love cooking. Um, we've been trying to make lots of things from scratch, like pasta, <laughs> without like an actual pasta machine, but spending, I think we spent about five hours just to make fettuccine together, rolling out all the pasta. We've made dumplings together. We've made, I don't know, 10 different types of cakes and um, these mochis, which are like Japanese um, rice flour and then with ice cream in the middle, all these desserts and tons of, tons of cooking that we've been doing. Um, and then something that I've actually found a lot more balance in, which I find I tend to leave um, to like once a month when I'm busy with work is, um, is writing and journaling during this time. Um, it's been a huge time of reflection just with my mother-in-law um, and how sick she's been. And miraculously we thought that we only had days um, with her. And so that's why we in an emergency kind of state of panic, we flew to Canada. Um, but she's still alive. And, um, and we celebrate that and we celebrate the time that we've had with her. Um, even though now we're still connecting through Skype, but she feels like she's strong and she'll um, continue to live longer. But um, so both of my parents passed away. And so it just brought up a lot of memories and a lot of emotions um, from the time that I lost my mom about 20 years ago and then my father about five years ago. And so it's just, um, yeah, it's been a really good time to just journal and reflect and be with God and share those emotions with my children and, um, and be with them as a family. Yeah. It's good, Maylin. Thank you. Earl, what about you? Oh, I was listening to, I was, I was glued and looking at Maylene, like, oh, Maylene, how are you? Yeah, I'll, the fun part, um, I'm working out a lot with the kids. I have to, because, you know, I have toddlers. I have a four-year-old. Mm -hmm. I have a six-year-old. This is a 40-year-old playing in the street. Like, we have to play Patentera. It's a Filipino game in the street. And, yeah, I... We get back to walking. Me and my husband made sure that we walk every night. That's how we clear our head or run. So I, I'm actually losing weight. So I'm like, oh, good thing. I'm losing weight. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, it's funny that you ask this question because, yeah, doing, um, I do not like online things. So I don't, for some reason, I'm in the broadcast for so long. But then when I left that world, it's all of a sudden, I don't want to touch this, right? But when COVID happened, I said, what are you going to do? Right? So I have to learn how to go and gather like this. And I found it very stimulating for me. I actually became alive and excited again, gathering women, talking to women. So I'm enjoying that part. Because imagine I have to be with the kids, homeschooling them, playing with them. And of course, we have me and my husband work together. So and live in an apartment, it's crazy. So talking with women like this is my medicine. It's making, yeah, it's, it's, it's stimulating for me. I'm yeah. happy to Good Earl. That's awesome. And Giovanna, what are you doing during this time? Something new, an activity? Okay. Making? All right. So there's something that no one knew, but now my husband didn't even know until this lockdown. And that's ever since I was a child. And I was really heavily bullied when I was a kid. But what I would do is I never really took it to heart so badly because I've always been kind of an introvert. But what I would do is I would go in my room, I'd lock the door, 
put on music and just dance and dance in front of the mirror and just let's get free because I don't do it outside, but inside I would do it. And I've always done it, like my whole life. That's kind of been my thing. Now everyone knows. Uh, but my husband, I forgot to lock the door uh, weeks ago. And my husband walked in while I'm dancing like crazy. And I was so mortified, but it was just, okay, the cat's out of the bag. So that's what I do. I dance in, with my headphones. I dance. And um, that's just a way for me to release any tension and any stress. And now that they know that I do it, it's, you know, I don't know, it's taken away some of the thrill for me, but I still, <laughs> still helps. And another thing that I've been doing is um, I am a writer, but I've always written for others. So um, I've never actually, uh, I have, but not to the extent that I'm doing now, written in my own voice. And so journaling a lot, but also um, what I've done, uh, what God has asked me to do is reach out to other ex expats in Italy who have moved to Italy with, it, with that dream of moving to Italy and seeing how they're adjusting in this time. And what's really beautiful is that um, I've asked a few women if, they, if they'd like to come together with me to create this collection of stories. And I never mention God in any of this, but in all of these stories, there's a faith element, which is really, truly incredible to see how God is working and moving in our lives at this time. And I think people who didn't even really consider the faith element in their lives now are coming to terms with that. So it's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Uh, I love what you're all saying. It's so funny how it's like, I knew it. All of you would be quite productive. It was a funny Instagram post I saw that said, we're in a pandemic, not a competition for productivity. And I'm like, no, I'm not listening to that. But I mean, I get what they're saying because these kinds of moments, I felt very productive. I have actually more time. So yeah. for Chris, yeah. we've redesigned two rooms in the house, um, painted interior design. I started cooking. I've mentioned this in, in the past show. I started taking up ukulele, um, you know, working in the next while on my book. And so I feel like these moments, even in the midst of sort of my anxiety of, of the future and, and things like that, I felt that it's also been a time for me to really do things that I haven't done. Or I've always pushed off. So mm -hmm. I get it. I mean, the cooking part, I mean, I never liked cooking. I'm loving it. The musical part of me comes out. Uh, so it's been, it's, I mean, it's funny to say this, but I've actually enjoyed this time. And in, yeah. for, for me, yes. personally, I've slowed down. I've been able to say, I don't have to go to all these things every weekend and night that are expected of me. Mm -hmm. And so therefore I have time at home and have time, you know, with family. And so that's been a real shift for someone who's very high energy out, out, out to kind of like bring it back home and be able to have the space and time to do these things that I didn't know I loved. So that has been so good. Well, we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, we're gonna be talking to Giovanna, Earl, Malin, and Vanessa about what they're learning about themselves and God and some good takeaways uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Stay with us. Check out the See Here Love podcast and get the backstory. Get the inside scoop on real issues and real answers on common challenges we all face in relationships and in life. Find See Here Love on Apple Podcasts. Hi, I'm Melinda, host and executive producer of See Here Love, and I hope you are enjoying our conversation today. Well, you may not realize that See Here Love is made possible by the support of viewers and listeners like you. So would you please consider becoming a monthly donor? 
Any gift goes a long way in helping us build a community of women and men who talk about real issues and struggles as we navigate our faith together. Well, please go to seeherelove.com now and click on the big purple donate button. Thanks so much. Start your week off with me in your inbox. Sign up for our weekly newsletter today for exclusive content of See Here Love. Blogs, behind the scenes footage, and access to giveaways you'll love. Sign up today and let's start our week together. All right, we're back now with Giovanna, Earl, Maylin, and Vanessa all across the world as we share our thoughts during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Ladies, I really want to ask you this question because I think it's important that as we're sharing what we're going through, some of our struggles, the different things that, that we're experiencing that we never thought we would, what are you learning, though, about God and yourself through this? I think in any crisis or anything in life, and I always say this, you know, when I'm speaking to women, that whether it's a movie, a book, a moment, you always need to kind of step back and go, what did I learn from that moment? What, what did I learn in that hike? Or what did I learn in, in that seminar? And, and take that moment. Because a lot of times we just speed through life so quickly. We've taken so much information, taken so many experiences, but never take the pause and the breath to go, what am I learning? What is God showing me? So mm-hmm. in this, I think this will encourage a lot of people. What are you learning about God and yourself through this. Giovanna, why don't you start us off with that? What are you learning about God and your relationship with him through this moment? So I've had my moments, right? So um, moments where I've literally yelled at God and said, what is it that you want from me? This is too much. This is just way too much. And every time he comes back and he's saying something. So what I've learned is that God is, is really trying to communicate with us at this time. And we need to listen for it. And we need to uh, put our time in uh, with him every single day. And so that's what I've been doing. And what, what's happened is that I've noticed that I've gone from worrying about the future and, you know, tuning into the news. I've, I've put that aside. So I've gone from like a what if this happens to more like whatever happens, Jesus, I trust in you. And that's it. That's that's it in a nutshell. It's powerful. We don't know, but we trust you. And I think that's the whole thing about trust and hope. It's like, that's the whole point. Like if you follow Jesus, it's like, I don't know what's ahead. And he's like, perfect. Then you can trust me and I've got you and I'll lead you. And I think this has been really shining a light on people who control things. And we say, oh, we trust you, God. It's easy to say trust you, God, when we have money and we know what's happening and our schedule is set. But here's actually where I think following Jesus is really coming to light to say, oh, wait a second. We say this, but did we actually live it out and believe it? Well, now it's happening and God's going, okay, here it is. Now let's see you trust and hope in me. So yeah, Giovanna, that's, that's great. Vanessa, what about you? What are you learning about God and yourself through this, this time? And he is fully in control. And I believe, I've been believing this lie that I have control. I have control of my family. I have control of my work. I have control. And I don't. And um, it's been a hard lesson to learn, but yet so uh, a relief. It's been a relief. And so um, learning how to listen. So it's changed my prayer life to just just listening, giving God a chance to talk. I mean, I'm a talker. I can tell him all kinds of stuff. I have so much to say. God's been, God's telling me, I got so much I want to say. Would you be willing to listen? And so, 
Yeah, so just listening and um, just understanding that God is in control. Uh, he speaks to me a lot through music, so I've been listening to a lot of worship music. And there's one song that really um, stuck out to me. It's called All Things. And um, it's it says, uh, when, when I cannot see it, God, I still believe it. You are working all things for my good. So even when I cannot see it and even when I cannot feel it, I'm choosing to believe that God is working all things and, and the little things within me, around my family and around me in my community, in my world. So. Wow. That's good. Thank you, Vanessa. That's powerful. Earl, what about you? Oh yeah. As I was, as you were speaking, I'm actually thinking like there are two things that I'm really learning in the season with God. First, I'm asking a lot more questions. Like how could, is Christianity really true? Mm. Is, and how could I defend this to people that doesn't share my faith, right? How could I tell them, like, have hope in Jesus? Or it's okay, this is not the end of the world. So as I ask all these questions and myself, like, I'm really asking myself, do I really know why I believe what I believe? And could I communicate it to people? So because of those questions that I have been wrestling within myself, I learned one thing. I really learned that to keep, to keep myself sane, <laughs> I have to be in the presence of God. And mm-hmm. that requires a lot of work, but a lot, a lot of spiritual discipline, meaning I need to practice myself. If there's one thing you have to remember is to really have my mind sound. Do I really have a sound mind such that I can think clearly and all my actions are well evaluated that's consistent to what I say as a Christian and invite others to look in like, yeah, you know, I cannot just tell everybody, like, don't worry about it, right? Because Jesus will, you can trust Jesus. They can't hear that. And I'm up for the challenge. I'm, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Like, I gathered my friends and said, hey, we have to come up with something, like, to make them see that Jesus is the only way to make it through this. It, it would make sense. It would give meaning and purpose and understand why all these things are happening. At the same time, encourage me. So I'm fighting to keep, to keep myself in his presence. So I have to keep my mind sound at all times because we are very distracted. Like all of a sudden, everybody's on the cell phone or in the computer. And I've had like, we already know the, the, the research behind it, right? That it can fry your brain after some certain period of time being in the computer so i'm guarding i'm guarding my spiritual discipline Mm. i want to i want to stay in his presence because it's only there in his presence that i feel safe yeah Mm. that i have comfort that i have really this hope and longing like it's okay everything's falling around me there's no answer or by when when is it going to do where's the vaccine going to come can i go out there or send my children out even if we are lifted in quarantine so all those questions and i i need to be sane and sound mind for me is a very specific spiritual discipline through my reading my scripture reading um, study of the word and of course really prayer just like it's good earl it's great maylin what are you learning? Yeah, so we're all saying similar things, but for me, um, definitely trust. Um, having the ability to be still, just um, as Earl is saying, you know, I'm constantly busy and distracted, and so this time has taught me to be still, be still with God, to listen, 
and to obey. I think those are big um, learnings for me. It's been amazing to see him clearly protecting us and giving us time back um, during through this um, pandemic and crisis. Um, personally, like the timing has been perfect. We've been able to spend time with my mother-in-law and it's, he's just been very visible to our whole family on the power of love. You know, three times now, um, we thought we were losing her and just that connection. Matt's gone back. My husband's gone back to her three times now. And each time she's had this revival mm-hmm. and that's only God working right and then when we went back with when I went back with the children and to see her face brighten up as we walked in the room like it just God is there right and love is so strong and so it's just been a beautiful experience um, for me and to just trust that everything is his plan and in his plan um, all of this is meant to happen, right? We don't have the answers, but we just have to trust that this is all part of his big plan for the world. And, um, you know, and we've seen beauty come from, from all of this, right? Nature is getting back. Um, the world is kind of being put on reset. And um, it's, um, there's also suffering that's happening, of course, but it's just, um, for me, it's just been this huge message of trust and reconnecting with God in ways that, um, unfortunately, with work and family and parenting and all of it, we, I easily get distracted, right? And so it's just God holding me down and saying, be still, listen, I am here. Mm-hmm. Powerful. You know, as I'm listening to all of you, I think there's some really key things that have really come out. Uh, and I think even for personally for me, you know, what I've realized is that because this is a reset and pause, it's given me, and I speak personally, it's not for everybody, a reflection time to look at my life and realizing how crazy, busy, chaotic, frenetic it's been that we have been on speed constantly for whatever reason, because of productivity, because of value, because what we our output equals, we are valuable, whatever the reason why we work. Uh, and all of a sudden when you're not working, you're not going to these things and you know, you're not dealing with your FOMO and you know, and all of that, it's like you then have to be quiet and be like, I'm valuable because I'm Melinda and loved by God. I may not do anything because I can't. And yet I'm still beloved and loved by him. And that's a, it's a strange thing in a culture and society, especially in North America, that your value is by your output, your productivity, what you can give, what you can create. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but we've been driven by where you are, where you go, where you're seen. And I'm speaking very honestly because those are some of the drivers of me, someone who loves output and loves it. And, and God has called me to those things, but there's a line between doing it and then also more about self and self-driven versus God-driven. And so it's been a really interesting moment for even me to be still, Malin, what you're saying, and listen. And that if I didn't do anything, would it still be okay? <laughs> if I was just quiet and still before God without doing something would it be okay and so that's been a really interesting thing and I think for the world there has been incredible suffering but I feel there has been a reset a pause for people to say here's a moment to kind of take this in and evaluate your life and look at it 
and say what has been a priority. And a lot of my girlfriends have said, I've realized like I prioritize some of the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And now I have to kind of go back to, you know, it's family and, and self-care and my relationship with God versus all these other things. So I so appreciate your sharing. These are huge learnings. And I think it's important that even in the midst of something like this, a pandemic, a crisis and words like unprecedented and, yeah. you know, uh, we are learning things, though, as we go. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, we don't have a, much time left. And I want to just get to takeaways. I know that our viewers and listeners love to sort of last takeaways to encourage them as they listen to you. So, Vanessa, what would you say? A takeaway, a verse, a song, a quote, an image that you just want to encourage our viewers and listeners? Yes, yeah, so I mentioned the song All Things by Nicole and David Bunyan, I think that's their their name. Um, You can YouTube them or whatever. It's just an encouraging song. But another thing I would say is um, it's so easy to spiral down in in a funnel of depression and woe is me and my life is horrible. Um, And so God has made it very aware to me. Hey, I've given you some tools. You've always had these tools but I don't see you putting them on and that's the armor of God. So I would encourage people to really read Ephesians and put on the full armor. Um, you, you, you are not alone and you are fully equipped to fight this battle and whatever battle that is emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, um, we are equipped. So that, that would be my takeaway, my encouragement to others. Put on the armor of God. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Earl, your takeaway. Yes. Um, I got mine from Revelation, <laughs> Revelation 21, 4, it says, no, no more tears. Every tear will be wiped away. No more death or grief or loss. We are living in a world where all, we are all searching for an end. And if I have that end in mind, it gets me through the day. It really gave me that hope, like that's my end. You know, that's where I'm going. So that would give me, that gave me courage to really just live through day by day, number my days, order my ways, because that's the only way. Like, I cannot anyway. Every, it's really true. It's really true that sometimes 10,000 can fall in your left and 20,000 in your right. And what will we do with that? So, yeah, I, I encourage everybody to investigate that. Like, Jesus Christ is real. Yes. He is really, truly the way, the truth, and the life. And it's done. And I'm speaking to two kinds of people here. Allow me, Melinda, thank you. Probably you are already deep in your faith and deep in more of your faith. This is the reality of our hope, that we will be face-to-face with him and everything makes sense. And if you're still investigating and trying it out and seeking, like, what is this Christianity? It, it could only be found. That hope that we're talking about could only be found in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we all need so badly. So, yes, every here will be wiped away. That's my feature. Beautiful. Beautiful, Earl. Thank you. Maylin, your takeaway? My takeaway is a verse that I keep close to my heart, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and always acknowledge him or submit to him and he will guide your path, our path. Okay. Beautiful. A good reminder, Maylin. Thank you. Giovanna? No, with everyone putting on masks and um, sanitizing their hands like crazy, I say, trust God as much as you trust your mask. Sanitize 
your tongue, sanitize your ears, sanitize your eyes, because only then can we get through this, right? And so we do that through scripture, we do that through song, through Christian music, it's an amazing way. We do that in all different ways, but you need to sanitize your mind and your environment. So don't give in to fear. Try to, you know, be informed, but don't, don't be inundated. And we'll get through this. Amazing. Wow. Thank you so much, Vanessa, Lynn, Earl, and Giovanna, for being with me here across the world in different time zones here on See Here Love for the first time ever, an international show. I was so encouraged by your thoughts. Know that we'll be praying for you as you navigate this, this season and time. And just thank you so much for your inspiration, encouragement, and wisdom with us today. And as I close, I want to say this. I say this verse over and over and over again on See, Here Love, but it's Isaiah 41.10. And it's one of those life verses, but one that to encourage you, women across the world, but to our viewers and listeners, it says, do not fear for I am with you. God is with you. Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God and I will strengthen you and help you. And I will hold you with my righteous right hand. The promise of God himself God who created you, who loves you, who is with you. Sometimes you may not feel it, but know that he is with you. And you do not need to be afraid or anxiously look about you because he is your God and has never left you and will never leave you and is with you. Look for him, though. Sometimes we think, oh, my goodness, where is he? I want the writing on the wall. I want the big, booming voice. But he's with you. When you look around, you may hear the whisper, you may see it in nature, through your, through your child, through your writing, through a song. God is always, always speaking to you. His presence is with you each and every day, especially through a global pandemic. If you want any more information about our guests today, blogs and um, extra content, go to seeherlove.com. And if you want to have more uh, interviews that um, are inspiring, highlight reels, even our bloopers, subscribe to us <laughs> on our YouTube channel. There's lots there. And always know, always know that today and tomorrow and in the days ahead, you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Bye-bye. See Here Love with Melinda Estabrooks is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications Incorporated, a member of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. To support this program, please visit seeherelove.com and click the donate button or call 1-800-265-3100. And from me and the See Here Love team, thanks so much for your support.